Good morning, everybody. <clears throat> At our home group, we've started a little study on Romans 8, and we're using some notes by Timothy Keller, and in his first introductory chapter, he writes that your life is shaped whatever preoccupies your mind. And I'm sure that we've all got plenty of things on our mind, and I thought that would be a good thing for us to pray about today. So please join me. <clears throat> Father God, we have so much on our minds, some bad, some good, and we pray to you today that with the help of your Holy Spirit we can set aside our troubles and worries and focus instead on the wonderful things you've already done for us through Jesus, on the many blessings you give us each day, and on the wonderful eternal future we have with you. We pray for ourselves and the burdens we each carry, much of the time in our minds, about our health, our finances, our employment, our relationships, our daily lives. Forgive us for our negative attitudes, our pessimism, our cynicism, our grumpiness. Father, encourage us and remind us, we pray, to be thankful for all the blessings and positives we have in our daily walk with you, for the good plans and purposes you have for each one of us and for the eternal future that awaits us. Encourage us, we pray, Lord, to be thankful and to rejoice. We pray for our families today, our immediate family, our close family, even our extended family, and we pray for the concerns we may have about prodigals in our families and about problem relationships and that you can lead us and guide us and encourage us to become peacemakers. Father, please help us to become salt and light in our families, to represent you as ambassadors and to be a living, walking, breathing testimony for having Jesus in our life, our Saviour and Lord. We pray for the world situation today. We pray against being coming downcast and dispirited and numbed by the ongoing and seemingly endless bad news about oppression, brutality and evil that we hear each day. <coughs> help, us, <coughs> help us, Father, to understand that the evil perpetrated by man against his fellows has been going on for thousands of years, ever since the fall and to understand that you are in control and to believe that your plans and purposes for restoring the and redeeming the world and its peoples to yourself will not be thwarted and that one day every knee will bow to Jesus Christ our Lord. And finally, we pray for your church in this place. Father, we confess that sometimes we might become impatient we might be disappointed, we might be negative. Help us, Father, not to focus on our own issues, <clears throat> but on your purposes for this church and how we can bring glory to your name and how we can function effectively as one body under the headship of our Lord Jesus. Lord, we pray these things about our minds this morning in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you, Richard. Amen to that. <laughs> Let us be a church that's about his purposes and under his lordship. Amen. Um, and the Timothy Keller, our lives are built on the things that we prioritise. Is that, is that what he said? Uh, he said um, a lot of the, uh, Along that line. 
That really, really flows into what I want to share this morning. But I just want to, uh, again, uh, say welcome to church. Welcome if you're online and if you're tuning in. Uh, welcome to you at home or if you're listening to this as a podcast later. Uh, trust that you're um, hearing from God and that you'll be blessed uh, in our time together. My name's Sam Barnes. I didn't introduce myself. If you're new uh, to the church, I'm the pastor here. Um, you might have noticed I don't like talking about finances, so I get a bit flustered when we talk about those sorts of things. So I want to pray from the get-go uh, that you'd join with me and that we'd be in the things of God because I just love preaching the Word. So, Lord Jesus, thank you for your your love for us as, as Richard just prayed. And, Lord, we just pray that we'd just take away all the distractions, all the things that are going on in our minds, and that we'd just be focused right now on what you're wanting to say to us through the Spirit that is present here. Uh, empower me, Lord. Help me to be succinct in what I say. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this morning is actually going to be a little bit different from the, the norm of what we'd normally do. I actually want to, from the outset, say that we're going to set aside some time at the end of our service for ministry, uh, for an opportunity for us to speak into each other's lives, to pray for each other, uh, for us to come before the Lord, to be honest and ask for Him to work in our lives. And so I want to say that from the outset, so it's an expectation, so that as you're listening, you'd be open to maybe what the Lord's stirring in your heart, and that you'd be willing and open to respond to that. And we want to be here as a family, as Richard prayed, to be supporting and nurturing one another. And part of that is to pray for each other and, and allow God's Spirit to be at work through us. Amen. Um, but I want to speak this morning, we've been talking about the kingdom of God, that's been our theme, and I'm going to again reference one of the parables that Jesus spoke of the kingdom in Matthew 13. It's not going to be my main text this morning. Um, it's going to be on you reap what you sow. And thanks, Douglas, he stole some of my thunder, but I, I want to sort of also talk a little bit to that. It is a, a principle that personally I feel a little bit uncomfortable with um, because uh, for, for a number of, of reasons. And I feel like it kind of feels secular, doesn't it, worldly, this kind of sense of right and wrong and morals and, and doing good and all of that sort of thing. And it doesn't feel truly biblical to me. And so I've just been researching and I've been, been looking into it. But the concept of reaping and sowing is, is true in that if I want to have tomatoes, I need to sow a tomato plant. Aristotle, uh, thousands of years ago, uh, he said, why when you plant an acorn, don't you get an elephant? Like, so he was onto it right, right back then. It is, it is a, a general principle that works generally in the natural, that if I don't go out to my veggie patch and I'm, I'm hunting for tomatoes, and why am I angry at my veggie patch if I haven't put the investment in and I haven't planted that tomato seed? So the, the, the principle works in general and in the natural because of the nature of that principle of that law. However, when we try to correlate that to a moral or a spiritual principle, we, we come into some, some problems. For example, you, you remember the story of Job. Uh, Job was an upright man. He did good things. He was right standing before God. 
and all of his friends came to him and they tried to apply this principle to his life. They said, because you're experiencing all this bad stuff, all these things are going down, you must have done something bad. But we know that that wasn't necessarily the case in Job's life. So it didn't necessarily fit that that structure. The other thing is that we know, don't we, that God is slow to anger and abounding in love, that our God does not treat us as we deserve. He is a merciful God. He is a loving God. And that's what grace is. It is unmerited favour. If we spiritually were to say we reap what we sow, well, then we we abandoned God. We had our backs turned to God when he sent his son to save us. The Bible says while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so what we should reap should be our eternal damnation. It should be our life without him. But God is merciful and God is, 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 is gracious and he does not allow us to actually reap that spiritual harvest. He actually, he sows into his own son, uh, to allow us to have that. And so that's why I kind of feel a little uncomfortable with that whole, whole concept. But I wanted to share with you this morning uh, on this because I feel like the Lord gave me a word uh, a couple of weeks ago. He woke me up in the middle of the night and he gave me this word and I said, that's nice. I'm not going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about something else. And then would you believe it, the Lord woke me up again with the same dream this week. And so I felt like I had to be obedient and I had to actually give this word to us as a church. And I'm trusting that the, the word is going to be fruitful and that he wants to speak into each of our lives and to us as a church. And I'm not immune from this. I don't stand here as someone who has it all together, who's someone who is speaking from proud experience. But for me, this word is for me as well. And I want to talk about this principle in the terms of our spiritual lives that we reap what we sow. And here was the dream that, that came to me. I was reminded of a time in my life um, where um, many of you know I was, I was in a band and I was in the music scene for, for many years of my life. And going to concerts and shows, I just, I just knew the people there and I just got let in and I got backstage and I got to meet people in the, band, in the green room and all that sort of stuff. So that was my experience. And then um, in our early years, um, Joe found out that one of my idols growing up were coming to tour. And it might not be an idol that you expect, being a punk rocker, but a carryover from my dad's musical um, loves was Simon and Garfunkel. And I loved Simon and Garfunkel, and they were travelling and they were going to be in Adelaide. And Joe wanted to surprise me by buying a ticket to this show to go see Simon Garfunkel. And she had to use her dad's credit card so that I didn't notice that it had come up on the thing and things like that because she wanted to surprise me. And now my experience of of music and, and venues and things like that was you buy a general admission ticket and you then you push through the mosh pit at the front and you can get right up and close and personal to the artists and you can see what's going on and, you know, their spit comes and lands on you. Like, you're right in the experience, yeah? You're, like, you're, li- you're living it. 
And so I was really excited about going to see Simon and Garfunkel. It's like, I'll be able to see them. I'll be able to see the chords they're playing. I'll be able to see their lips in perfect sync because that's what they were known for with their harmonies and all this sort of stuff. And so we we get to the entertainment centre and we, we show the tickets and there's the tickets and you're following the row that you go up to, A, B, C, D and like... And we keep trying to find our seats and we're, we're going up higher and higher and back further and further and further. And before you know it, we're like in the very back corner of the entertainment centre. And I was like, whoa, this is like really far back from the stage. Okay. But, and, but you sit down. I wasn't used to sitting down at shows either. Um, and and so, so there we were. And then they come out on stage and I was like, Where's the binoculars? Because there were these tiny little white dots far away. I'm like, okay, yeah, I think they're there. And then you know, they have the big screens that they blow up the, the, the show so you can see their faces and stuff. And I actually got my phone out and I, I recorded some of the stuff and it was early iPhone days. It was probably iPhone 3. But Dave's going to just show you my experience there at, at the entertainment center. <laughs> But then I noticed down on the flat of the entertainment center, there were some people there and they were dancing. They had their hands raised. They were close to the action. They were experiencing the show very differently from how I was experiencing it. And I said, I want in on that. And so I said to Joe, I'm just going to go to the toilet and I'm just going to like make my way down and, and try and get it a bit closer to the action. And I get to this certain part, but it's roped off with security guards and they say, show me your ticket. I show them the ticket and they say, no, nah, you're not allowed in here. This is reserved for people who have invested in the premium ticket. And I, I looked at what they were experiencing and what they had and, and their joy, their freedom, their life in that show. But I hadn't invested in the pre- premium ticket. And, and this was the picture that I, the word that I, I felt was for us as a church and perhaps for you individually, is that we're all at the concert. We all experience God. We all have salvation in Christ. But sometimes we need to sow a seed of investment into the things that God really wants for our lives. He wants the dancing. He wants the joy. He wants the freedom. He wants our experience to be the premium ticket. But some of us are just comfortable and satisfied with the general admission. And when we sow what we reap spiritually, what, what we're saying is I'm willing to invest in, I'm willing to sow into, I'm willing to prioritise, I'm willing to um, make the effort 
Because those people who enjoyed the dancing and had the space, I'm sure they were probably those people that slept out um, by the ticket box. Have you seen that? Where there's people on the street, there's a, there's a ticket coming and people get their sleeping bags and for days beforehand, they're, they're in the line because they want to make sure. That, that requires effort. That's sewing into something. That's investing in something in order to get this experience. And that's, that's, that's the word I had. And so Paul talks about this in Galatians. He says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. Don't be deceived means don't be led off the path. See, God's, God's given us what he has. He's got his purposes for you. And, and this is the path that you're going in. And the, the Galatian church was easily um, taken off the path by these people who are coming in and adding to the gospel. The gospel is clear that Jesus has died for us. He's set us free. He's got his spirit in us to be walking in the spirit. And there's, there's no addition to that. So don't go off the path of what we've set in place. That God cannot be mocked. That literally means you can't turn your nose up at what God says. So God's put his principles and things into place and those things can't be, we can't just say, no thanks, I'm going to do this my own way. We need to trust in him. And then here Paul says it. So it is a biblical principle. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit, from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have the opportunity, and I believe we've got an opportunity this morning, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. But whoever sows to please their flesh, what does that mean? What is is our flesh? Our, Our flesh is that unredeemed side of our humanity, that side of ourselves that wants to please ourselves, that wants to say yes to us and no to God. And Paul's saying there's kind of two fields that we can sow into. There's two fields in which we can invest in. We can invest in that side of ourselves that just wants to please ourselves, that wants to be comfortable, that wants to go after whatever um, the the world says that we want in our lives. When it comes to, to a decision, a way that we speak when it comes to a choice that we have in our lives. We can go, well, this is what we know that God wants us to lead us in, or this is what satisfies myself. And that's what Paul's saying, is, is when we sow seeds in the, in the flesh, we're saying, I actually just want to, in this decision, in this choice, I'm going the path of self. And, and that just leads to destruction, but then there's the sowing in the field of the Spirit. As the Spirit comes into us, when, we're, when, we're, when we come to faith, God's Spirit comes and, and lives in us. And that's the side of us that says yes to God, that, that chooses to say yes to his things in our lives. And we can, we can sow in and we can invest in those things. And so it comes back to this whole idea of the kingdom of heaven it's like a treasure that a man discovered in a, hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned. He prioritised the kingdom to get enough money to buy that field. 
for, for this man, nothing else mattered. This is what he sowed into. This was his, his investment. And again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. When he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything. And in, in both of those parables, there's this sense of nothing else matters. Everything in my life, even if I put everything I own, every, every treasure I have, every trophy I have, every accomplishment I do and add it all together, even, even putting it all together doesn't compare to the kingdom of God because everything in this world is going to fade away. It's only his kingdom that's going to remain. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so we have an opportunity, we have a choice in our life to prioritise, to invest in, to pursue, to make an effort. And I don't like, this is where it goes funny with my head because I just go into works. I go into, well, it's up to us to do something. But there, there is this sense of when we, when we, when we prioritize, when we get on the front foot, when we, when we line up, when we get the premium ticket, when we, when we do what's required, our experience, what we reap, our experience, what we, what, what we see around us is different. And so I just wanted to share that with you this morning, and it might be challenging. You, you might feel like, um, what is he talking about? <laughs> but I just had this picture of us as a church sitting at a concert. God wants us to have our hands raised. God wants us to be speaking words into each other's lives. God wants us to be praying for one another. God wants us to have an, a premium spiritual experience of the Christian life. That's his desire. But here's the thing. He's not going to force us. He's not going to say, you have to have the premium ticket. You have to line up. You have to do this. It's a choice. It's a choice for each and every one of us. I'm not going to force you. He doesn't force you. He simply lays out the invitation and says, man, I've got the ultimate concert for you, the ultimate spiritual concert. And it involves involves freedom. It involves dancing. It involves joy. it it, It involves just this amazing experience of knowing Jesus like you've never known him before and him pouring his love into you right now. I've got that for you, but I'm not going to make you experience it. I want you to desire it. I want you to open yourself up. I want you to respond to it and to, to take that opportunity to have that experience in your life. Is your life feeling like a general admission right now? Is your life feeling like you're in the back corner and maybe you're looking at other people in the church and it's like, how come they've been dished out this this spiritual life? How come they have words to speak into someone? How How come they have their hands raised at worship and I don't? Maybe they've been sowing into it and they're now reaping it. 
Are you living the general admission Christian life? Well, friends, God wants something more for you. He's got so much more to give and so much more for you to experience. Would you be open to responding to that this morning? Would you be open to sowing into, to investing into, to making an effort in order to reap the Christian experience that God wants to give you? I'm going to invite the worship team up. And we're not going to just sing one song. We're not just going to quickly close our service this morning. We want to make some space. We want to be intentional this morning for people to respond. And I'm going to pray. And as we, we sing a song that is a responsive song, we're going to have um, some people here out the front. And you know what? Coming out the front might be a, a means of sowing this morning. That might be a means of investing into something in order to reap a spiritual blessing. And you might have never done that before. I remember when I was um, growing up, I, I wanted to raise my hands in worship, but I'd never done it before. And I thought, if I raise my hands and people see me, they're going to think, oh, you're, 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 you've changed. You're, you're choosing to do that to try and be good. And I, so, so I kept my hands down because of what other people would think about me. But I just chose one day, you know what? I'm going to sow into this. I want my worship experience to be different. I don't want it to be a general admission. I want the premium experience in my worship. And so I chose one day to raise my hands, and it changed the way I experienced worship. Maybe this morning that's for you, that you need to sow into and and just give over yourself to not sow into the flesh, but this morning to be open to the Spirit and say, Lord, I don't want in a month, two years, five years' time to be looking back and going, wow, I should have invested, I should have sowed in, I should have opened myself and made more of a conscious effort to experience more of God because my life would be so different right now. We have a a windscreen in a car and a, and a revision mirror. And the windscreen, we can see the, the choices and the paths ahead of us in our lives. And the revision mirror shows us where we've been. It, it reminds us of either the things that we're grateful for or perhaps the regrets. But you know, in the future, the things that we have in front of us are going to be our past. And we have the choice to be able to look in our revision mirror in a few years' time and go, I'm so glad I invested. I'm so glad I seated in that field of the spirit and not in the, in the field of the flesh because now I'm experiencing the joy and the freedom and the life that I know that God has got for me. So, Lord Jesus, we thank you for this time. Lord, we thank you for everyone that is here in this space. And, Lord, as I've, as I've spoken, I know my, my words have been, been muddly, but... Your truth has been declared and your word has gone forth and we know that that word doesn't come back void. And Lord, there there are people here who have a a general admission feeling inside of them and they, they want more. 
they desire more, would you allow them this morning to respond to you? That they would invest in and sow into just coming and being open to you speaking, to having a, a brother or sister come alongside and pray that they'd be open up to your, to your Holy Spirit. Perhaps there's people here this morning who haven't even trusted in you yet, haven't opened themselves up to you coming and living inside of them. Lord, would that be what they sow this morning, that they would give up their self and that they would sow into that field of the Spirit. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I invite you to stand. And we're going to sing a number of songs. And we're going to have some time. We're not just going to rush this. You might want to just be where you are and just start to experience all that God has for you. But I really encourage you, if God's spoken to you this morning, don't walk away without the opportunity being made to come to be encouraged, to someone to speak into your life. There might be people right now with words for one another. Walk across the aisle and just put your hand and say, I've got, I've got a word for you. I want to speak into your life that, that God's got more for you. He's, he's got this plan and this purpose for your life. That you'd come alive to that this morning. So let's come before the Lord, humble our hearts and be open to respond to Him. was praying for me, I, I got a picture and I feel like it's a word for someone here um, and there's a picture of a funnel and the uh, way a funnel works at the top where, there's, where it's big, there's, you know, there's a lot of activity, there's, there's wideness there's, there's chaos in a way, but as it, as it narrows and as, as water goes through the, the funnel it, it, it gets faster and it, and it has, a, has a purpose and I feel like the Lord's saying that in your life you just see all this the top of the top of the funnel there's 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 things that are taking your time there's things that are taking your priorities there are things that are causing there's just to be so much in your life that you can't see God that you can't see his activity in your life but as you prioritize and perhaps as you move some of those things out the funnel gets gets thinner and the, the things of God become more clearer and the Spirit of God moves quicker and faster and more evident in your life. And so uh, allow Him to perhaps move some of the things out of the top of that funnel so that it becomes narrower in the things of God and to allow the Spirit of God to be, to be moving powerfully and, and strongly in your life. And if, that's, if you feel like that's for you this morning, I want to pray that over your life. I want to pray for you uh, as we continue to do that. Dan, maybe um, we're going to keep things open and the music team keep praying. Yeah, I think as, uh, as you said, Sam, um, 
really feel like Lord wants to move and do some stuff. So we'll just keep that open. If the music's just keep playing. If you do need to go, that's fine. Um, we'll have coffee and things like that. But I just feel like, yeah, reiterating what Sam said, that's a real challenge for us to respond. Um, so just come out and receive some prayer and have an experience of God that you may not be expecting this morning. Um, yeah, I really feel like that's an awesome word, Sam, that you brought us. Challenging message. Yeah, so we'll just we'll keep going, and if you need to go, that's fine. But I'll keep it open.